Just a quick warning, when me and Tom get passionate or a bit nervous, we tend to swear more than usual. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to our podcast. I think, I think honesty, being honest is about embracing a bit of imperfection. What is it about honest burgers then? Do you have to like polygraph everyone before they eat a burger? A member of staff was caught having a shot of whiskey at 11.30 in the restaurant. This is hardly the fucking Ritz, mate. I'm like, fuck you. Like, furious customer. We made a mistake. We fucked up. I'm Phil. I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Honest Burgers, and this is the Honest Podcast. Why are we doing a podcast, Tom? We are ripping the plaster off the last 10 or so years of how Honest Burgers started in a muddy field in a tent outside of Brighton and is now a national burger chain with over 45 restaurants and over 900 people that work for us. Oh, we're going to be honest. Hi everyone, welcome to the Honest Podcast. Um, today is a funny one. I'm not sure where this one's going to go. It's quite a expansive question we're asking ourselves. We've never really nailed it, to be honest. No, have we? well, not not in a in a short space of time, like a, in an a articulate. concise, articulate way. So, yeah. what we're trying to address now is a big question, which is, what does it mean to be honest? <laughs> yeah, very the- powerful. Which we've we avoided that word for a long time, didn't well, we? Is, it, is that because it's rhetorical? We sound silly because we are called honest burgers, obviously. Is it a but... rhetorical question? Is that the key to it? Uh, I don't know what you mean. You don't know what rhetorical <laughs> means? No, I know what rhetorical means. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think you do. What do you mean? I think you're nervous. You're on a podcast. You understand <laughs> No, what do you mean? Uh, say, say it again. Well, like, is there an answer to it? Is there a concise answer to what does it mean to be honest? Hopefully there is. Hopefully we'll get to the end of this podcast. I don't think that's the meaning of rhetorical, but okay, I get what you... Well, rhetorical's like a question that is unanswerable, right? <laughs> okay, scrap this. This podcast is going to be understanding the definition of rhetorical. It's far more interesting. Than... <laughs> yeah, anyway, neither, neither of us are qualified to Does it answer itself? Is that, I think that's what you're saying. Like, is well, it a self-fulfilling it, prophecy? Yeah, it's a hard... I guess it's just a question that has many answers to many different people, right? Yes, it does. And it's not about all our staff having to tell the truth every day, which no. obviously we don't promote lying yeah which i which but. yeah is obviously bad but it but yeah, there's a good point though because we've we've always historically shied away from the word honest because it almost felt too obvious yes i like remember that can't I'm, be part of our culture statement because well, yeah because it's like well of course it is it's above the yeah. fucking door like i remember a journalist in brixton since one of my first like proper journalists come down and she was like so what is it about honest burgers then? Do you have to like polygraph everyone before they eat a burger? What? And I, I literally looked at her with like the deadest pan face, <laughs> like had barely slept and was just busy as fuck. Wanted to get back on the grill. And I was You're like, right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. But no, I think that put me off. Whoever that journalist was, she, she made me want to just run away from the word honest. But actually, now we're like jumping into it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Let's, I've got an, an opinion here on which is a, which is a learned opinion. Not you know we've spoken to some very very intelligent and smart people in this field and talked about culture and how you talk about culture as a business of scales. And I am now very much of the opinion, and I wasn't always. That's kind of my point that culture is not just a bunch of words that you write on a poster and stick in your head office. Like it's it's what you do every day. And I think you said it actually. I don't know when, but recently, like it's the name above the door. Like 
yeah. it is. That's that's the word, and that, it doesn't need to be written anywhere else, really. Like, so it's understanding what that word honest means for us. Yeah, now. You can't you can't force a culture, can you? Just by saying no. like we stand for simplicity and transparency, and we're really good. You know, the, the Google oh. the Google one. They're like, don't don't do evil or something. Yeah, because they obviously changed. Yeah, because when when culture is like when the shit hits the fan or when there's a decision, a big decision to be made, and that might happen in the restaurants away from us, like our managers or our teams, they don't go, hang on a minute, I just need to go and find that culture manual I was given and just, oh, yeah, that transparency, yeah. simplicity, right, now I know it's like bollocks. Like no one's... It has to be organic, doesn't it, a culture? It has to actually... It, it just has to, it has to yeah. be part of the environment you've created in the restaurants and in the business. Um, and then people know instinctively how to act. Rather than like, oh, hang on, I just need to remind myself what I read in that manual I was given on day one. Well, like what? Then? Give me a good because you could just for anyone who doesn't know, like our roles on this. Like I'm, I've always gravitated more to the food side of the business. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of look after food and and I look after sustainability in the business now. Phil has even from the early days, it was always like I was food, you were people, yeah, which meant largely that a lot of the cultural stuff ends up in the people bucket doesn't it well the people are the ones that have to feel it i guess there's loads of culture attached to the food right like loads of our values that you would say yeah 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 definitely but it's kind of like the the food food side of things and you love to remind me of this is much more tangible because it's just like you know this is this is our food we make it ourselves you can if you want to if you're interested come have a look at it and yeah this is where we source our beef from and it's it's honest farming and it's this stuff that that really is quite emotive whereas the people stuff like you said it's how do you get several hundred people to act in a way that reflects the culture of the business when they've got a million different scenarios all running at the same time and stress and anxiety and all these different things? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, I think it's easy. Like when you go back to the beginning, and we didn't obviously sit down ever, I don't remember, and talk about what culture we were in the business. We just were who we were. Yeah. And at that point, we were absolutely dedicated to quality and simplicity. What was that word, sorry? dedicated Dead. <laughs> that's nice that's a good one um <clears throat> so i no i agree i think you touched on that the the fact we didn't come up in a like marketing boardroom or there wasn't like yeah there was no thought process beyond me you and dorian and connie i think was very involved in, in those early stages in terms of what the brand is going to feel like but it was basically like we just want to serve really good food and we want to serve it and and people to enjoy it. And we want to do it with a smile on our face. It was like really basic. We always said honest, there's no frills, right? Yeah. No gimmicks. We never wanted to be cool. And we got called cool quite a lot, didn't we? And we I guess why? Because, because so much in the early days. And I was like, well, because burgers were cool, weren't they? We, yeah. we started, but we started when Burger Sunday became cool. Bricks and Market was really cool. Yeah. But we never felt cool, did we? Like, I don't think either of me or I you were particularly cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think our brand is actually. It's not like a cool brand. It's meant to be quite understated and quite simple and quite just... Yeah, but that's cool. Right there. <laughs> is it though? I don't know. Is it? Well, I think, but what you're touching on is like authenticity, which I've always thought is a really important part of any brand. Like you walk into, um, I'm going to, there's a, there's a Japanese sushi brand out there, a big one. And I remember watching a TV program about how they created the brand um, and I go to that restaurant all the time. I think it's brilliant. You know, it's a good, good place to just grab some some food on the go. But I watched a long episode about how the branding agency came up with the brand. 
And it was just like so considered, like every single color, every every decision, every mm. slight change of the material there and the and the font here, and it was all just like, oh, that's because it makes you think like this, and that's because this makes you look at it this way. And it was like we did not think that. No, at I think all. I think honesty, being honest, is about embracing a bit of imperfection. Yeah, go. never said it like that before. Embracing like, imperfection. As in, like, on, being honest with yourself, being honest with your customers is actually, I mean, I don't think any business out there is perfect all of the time. Doesn't make mistakes, no. doesn't make the wrong decision, even ethically sometimes, you know, like, we're all humans, we all make mistakes. And you Yeah. Know, and I think, you know, you've often said one of the traits you admire most in people, well, we, we both do, is the ability to have a go, and if you make a mistake, to hold your hands up and go, Fucked up, right? Oh man! I mean, we've the, done two. We've done two podcasts on that already. The <laughs> most infuriating trait is people that can't do that. That you just you just make a mistake and you try and say, try and talk through that mistake with someone, and they just go, "Oh no, it's because of this oh, and this and that," and you're like, "No, it wasn't. You just made a mistake." And then I think what I th- I think what I think I know now about culture is that that's all well and good, but then you have got to ask yourself, how does that show up in the business every day? in the restaurants for our teams. And I think a lot of that is the food, right? The simplicity of the menu, like there's no, there's nowhere to hide in yeah. our menu, right? And the fact that we make it pretty much everything on our menu ourselves, you know, uh, I've said this many times about our supply chain. I, I love the pressure of knowing that if our chips are shit today, that's because of something it's, we've done. It's our fault, yeah. It's on us and that's pressure, but it's like the right kind of pressure rather than having to ring up a supplier and go, well, oh, the quality's not good. Oh, what do you mean? No, everyone else is okay. You know, you have those. Yeah, yeah. If we know there's a problem with our burgers and our chips particularly, but other, other stuff as well, of course, that it's on us and I like that. There's an honesty about that, right? And I'm conscious that we've spoken for several minutes and have not really answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> what, Go on. what is it like try and sum it up what? what does it mean to be honest in your head so I think it means um, oh, I, I think well kind of what I was just saying I, I think it means just be yourself and be authentic to kind of who you are really and like if you make a mistake own up to it but go out there and be yourself and, and again how does that show up right like we don't ask our staff to wear uniform we don't give them scripts to say, you know, we only have three service steps and two of those are very functional, right? Do you want to tell the story of, that's not, it's not name drop, but we, I, I'm going to tell the story actually. Okay. So we heard from a very big brand that we've all eaten at, that they have a list of words. Oh yeah. Right? A list of words that their people who work on their floor are not allowed to say to customers. And yeah, this, this is was, not... This was confirmed again last week, by the way. They still have it? Yeah, I was oh, at Bats Brixton last week, chatting to some eight, eight, new, eight new recruits, and so uh, this, one of them yeah. was a and he confirmed it exists. Oh, so you just confirmed the name of the restaurant as well, so... But, uh, oh, shit. Um, so <laughs> this is words that are like... They're not like shit and fuck and like words that you wouldn't say to a <laughs> 70-year-old pensioner having brunch with you. They're words like cheers and guys. Guys, yeah. Guys is so offensive. Like, it's crazy. I just don't understand. Like, if you are if you start your first day at a, at a restaurant like that, and I, you know, hospitality is an amazing space for lots of different career paths. Personally, I think it's an amazing first job for just anyone mm-hmm. young, boost confidence. It doesn't have to be a career path for everyone. Let's stop pretending it's like, yeah, let's get in and spend 15 years in hospitality. It doesn't have to be that. It can be everyone's first job, and it's brilliant because it boosts your confidence 
gets your people skills going. But you start your day one at, you know, 18 and you're working at that restaurant and they say, great, here's a uniform, and here's a load of words you're not allowed to say. Like, what's that going to make you feel? You're going to feel like you are literally trusted as far as they could boot you. It's, yeah, yeah. Trust is a really important word. And I think it's, it's a bit robotic, isn't it? And I think that's, yeah. you know, you've heard this rant from me many a times in terms of, you know, and you know how obsessed I am with that word chain and not for one second trying to suggest we're not a chain, right? We mm. are by definition. It would be silly not to say that we're one. But we don't want... We want to be a chain that's different, right? We want to carry all the good bits around consistency and and the brand and kind of people getting that consistency of experience. Yes, there are some things that change through very well, well like yeah, lo- brilliantly yeah. well. Probably some of them actually better than that we do elements of it. Definitely, definitely, and and also there's just a box off the chain, good stuff of the chain stuff, like look at the stuff that we're able to do now because we have more money. <laughs> like mm. we have a bigger reach. Like if yeah, you want yeah. to do good in the world, you know, I think there's a lot of, I speak to a lot of people like the indie guys and startups that are so obsessed with changing the world and not being corporate and seem to be big. But the impact I think they can have is so much smaller. Actually, you know, we can affect a decent change. I mean, I don't know, we, we've done honest farming already, but you know, we could never yeah, we could have, have done have that. Never done that. Well, never even, done even, that I, even the butchery, the butchery is a really good example because we could have never set up the butchery. Exactly. We had to spend a huge amount of money on that, which we would have never been able to afford back yeah. in the early days. So there's loads of benefits uh, of things that we can do. We can, you know, how we can be for our people, what we can stand for for our people, for our customers, for our for our supply chain. Um, but the the downsides of being a chain is, and I don't care who you are. There is just this thing that we all just perceive chains to be a bit boring, right? There is yeah. this moment. Well, I don't care how much you love them, you, they become. I think they become functional. You start treating, you use a chain restaurant in a more functional way. And you hear people go, "Oh no, they're a chain." Yeah, and it's like that. That comes with baggage. Yeah, it? and look, there's some there's some really shitty chains out there doing some bad stuff. That, yeah, you know, and there's some really great chains out there doing some really great stuff. And there's right? some really shitty independents doing some bad stuff as well, right? <laughs> there isn't. It's of like course. a, of course, but that that thing bothers me more than anything as you know like i i cannot cope with the idea that someone would just write us off suddenly because we're now 45 restaurants like we, we talked a lot go on i was gonna well, the, you just talk about rosemary's hole um no but go on i would say probably one of our biggest like chain linking comments around if if our chefs have made a mistake which they do and i'm yeah. you know it happens um, rosemary salt seasoning a chip is actually it's quite a skill to it and getting it right and if you don't follow the rules your chip will look like it's not had rosemary salt on and the amount of tweets and, and emails you see where people are like oh Honest Burger's cutting costs they're not putting rosemary salt on their yeah. chips anymore yeah. oh they're a chain restaurant now <laughs> and yeah, it's just yeah. like it's like it's a playbook. It's a, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a complaint playbook where you go, oh, they've got bigger. Oh, that mistake I just experienced must mean they've cut corners and have sold out. And Tom and Phil must be sat on a beach driving Ferraris around. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it and it hurts still. We've t- again, we, I think we've touched on this in another episode. Um, but it's where, great when you when you when you are trying to attack that head on, and you're like. You know, we're not. We're just, we just we we just made we made a mistake. We made a mistake. We fucked it up. We yeah, yeah. Up. And, like, then, and then the immediately you just they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I often, I asked uh, person who replied to lots of the emails, like the trigger words are like sold out, yeah. no longer care, reduced quality. I'm like, okay, I'll take this one because you can tell, you can, you can tell us we've been shit. That's fine. Right. 
But you can't say that we've sold out. And I think there is this chain complaint playbook that customers go down. And the tone of the emails, they're so, like, official, long words, perfect yeah. sentences, Angry. perfect grammar. Like, they're talking to, like, they have to, and I just want to just bring it down to human conversation. Anyway, digressed, I think. The, ch- the, the thing that scares me most is, I don't want to be boring. We try far, far too hard to not be boring, to protect the things that we've always protected, going right back to the field. And I think we've done that. I'm really proud of us for doing that. Um... But I think, yeah, that 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 list of words, there's this three out of five mentality, I think, that's applied to chains yeah. where, you know, any chain restaurant will tell you they want a five out of five review on TripAdvisor. But actually, when you start giving out the scripts and you start telling a uh, staff they can't say words, what you're going to end up with is a three out of five experience. And a three out of five experience, in my by definition, really doesn't exist because you feel nothing. And there's nothing yeah. worse than indifference. And I think yeah. that's that's probably a personal trigger point for me. And obviously, within no, honest. no, I get it. I think it, it runs a lot. I think the frozen chip is a perfect example yeah. of a three out of five experience. I eat frozen chips when you go out because you can't not. You can't. You can't escape a frozen chip. And they're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. They're, they're not fine. one out of five. They're absolutely fine. There like, you go. Do you do you want to eat something that is just fine? Like I don't. And so we with our chips we. Kind of, we we acknowledge the fact that sometimes they they're not fine. Sometimes they can be Beautiful. worse yeah, because they're right. harder to make, they're harder to cook. There's way more inconsistencies, but when they're good, they are fucking this, great. This is the perfect example of my three out of five rant. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna start using the chip example better because it perfectly illustrates what I'm getting at. And that if you want really genuinely want five out of five chips in this yeah. case, we have to accept that every now and again a chef will overcook them. Or yeah. undercook them, or that our guys in the prep kitchen will will, will do that batch incorrectly, or yeah, the potato will just drop off a cliff that week because they and do. Just to explain, <laughs> like sometimes it, you know we're, we're we're much better at chips now than we've ever been, but yeah, they are inconsistent, and sometimes they'll take three minutes to cook. Sometimes they'll take five minutes to cook. Like a frozen chip, you set a timer, Bom. and that is it. It is robotic every single time. It's just bam, 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 bam. It works. As ours, you need to, you need to think more, which. We like because we like our chefs to think more, but you you got to hit you got to take some of the some yeah. of the and as you said your nine hundred staff to to kind of get into that way of thinking right yeah. and it's that's that's the challenge but I think that's what I like about us is that uh, I think is honest values is that you know I'm proud of is that we are gunning for five and we know that we only have to accept a few ones every now and again but if you gun for three and what I mean by gunning for three and let's go back to that example of not being able to say guys right? I, I don't know obviously I'm not involved in that business but. I don't know how it happened, but I, I always kind of postulate that. Nice word. There we go. Uh, that uh, you know, an email came in from a customer that's complaining that in that environment, furious customer. I yeah, imagine. this is this is yeah. outrageous. I've just been called guys by your member yeah. of staff, and I think it's too informal or whatever. Yeah. Right? Which I actually, you know, I, I kind of get it to a point mm. because a little bit because look, we're a burger restaurant. We have to accept that, right? We're quite mm. an informal place yeah. to be. Just hardly the fucking Ritz, mate. Oh, there you like... go. That's twice. You've just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this restaurant is trying to be probably a little bit more high end. Anyway, yeah. I, I can understand how someone might get worse of it. And actually, I would have doctored. I doctor my service at times, depending on who I'm serving. Which right? is the skill, right? You got to yeah. read the customer. I, I wouldn't say guys, but the problem with that is the email comes in, and then the guys go, "Right, geez, we're not. We don't get one out of five reviews. We can't have that. This is easy to fix. I tell you what, let's just make a rule that yeah. you know, sheep dip the whole company, right? Every nobody can say guys anymore now." That works, by the way. I, you know, they probably never had that complaint ever again, right? Yeah. Someone in head office gets a big tick. Well done. Solve that problem. The problem I see is out on the front line. What you've done is, and you said like, there is a skill here to read your customers. You've made the person who I would say is a five by five person 
who would understand that and do it naturally now look like a three out of five person. You've also made the one out of five person who doesn't get it at all also look like a three out of five person. You've brought the one out of five person up and you've brought the five out of five person yeah, down. You're, you're managing to the lowest denominator, aren't you? Exactly. And what you do is you make everyone look the same, which is this three out of five. And then, of course, it spirals. And now, you know, as we know, as I have confirmed, the list has got about 30 or 40 words on it now. Ooh, and it becomes love, a bit I, like... Can we get that list? I would love to see it. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's really... I, the example I always give is, you know, I remember when we were doing trial shifts, which, which we're no longer doing now, now for a few reasons. But we... Um, we used to tell, you know, you briefed into the trial list, right? You know, it's really important, honest, that everybody gets greeted at the door really quickly and it doesn't matter who you are, it's your job if you're yeah. the closest. And I remember thinking, no, we shouldn't say that because I, I put myself in the position of being a trialist and I'm like, well, I'm good at my job. I would do that naturally. But because you've just told me to do it, when I do it now, you're going to think I only did it because you told me to do it. Do you see my point? No. So you've told me to say welcome at the door. I was going to do it anyway. And now you've given me you've given me less of a chance you're to shine. You're such an idealist, man. <laughs> right? Just, no, no. Yeah, that's stay a, with me. Stay with a, me. Right. And then the person, that, the trial shift person that wasn't going to do it will now do it because yeah. they were told to do it. So the one that wasn't going to do it does it, and the one that was going to do it anyway does it. But to you, we all look the same. So I'm like, no, we should just see who does stuff naturally. And that, for me, is what honest is about. Let's see what you do. Let's see who you really are as a human. Let's watch your behaviours. And that's what we want. I want people in our business who are going to go out and try and leave just a little bit of themselves on as many customer experiences as they can. Yeah, but there are certain things that just has to get done. And and greeting yeah. people at the door has to, is just one on that list. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's it's something we'll talk about and say it's important. But in the in the context of a trial shift, I'd like to see if you do it naturally before I tell you. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, okay. So you build it into yeah, it will be part of your back to Brixton okay. induction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, greetings are important. But let's a trial see. shift is not a trial shift. That's you're just you're just testing them out. Yeah, you want to see what the natural human being behaviors are here, right? And then we want to play up to those. So okay, I get that. All right, give me give me some examples of what what being honest has. What have we seen people when when they really have lived up to that word? What have, what have they done? Because we've we've got some absolute gems of people that work for us over the years and still work for us now. Yeah, and we've had some amazing letters and and emails yeah. and things that have come in that genuinely I've I've been brought to tears sometimes by just how overwhelming. They are. So fire off some of the, the real... I think the best one was uh, Ruby, who uh, no longer works for us. She moved up north, didn't she? She works for the police force, I think, now. Um, anyway, in the people team. But she, uh, there was an amazing email about her that came in where I think a 17-year-old girl stumbled in, obviously drunk uh, on something or on something and was really not in a good in a good way. Yeah. Uh, it was on like late at night yeah. on her own. So Ruby sat down and gave her some some water and stuff and then walked her to the station and sat with her until I think her parents had arrived. Um, and this is all after a long shift, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And you just think, wow, you can't, you can't train that. Like you that's just being a good human, human. being. And that's it? the thing, yeah. right? How do you see that? How do you find that in someone and how, how do you then let them express it? Right now? I, I think that example would still happen in this case, but, no, no, but I think it's a really good example. Imagine, imagine that person, whoever that young girl was, Let's say she staggered in because she needs to go to the toilet. And let's say she staggers in and goes, oh, excuse me, can I use the toilet? She's obviously pissed. Mm. And the company policy is no. Yeah. You can only use the toilet if you're a customer. Yeah. So you go no and you kick her out the door and she walks home and, you know, God knows what happens to her. Happens in that to, state. Yeah. 
But it's that human being, the way you just say, actually, do what fucking feels right to you. And the same way, you know, I know that that feels like quite a, a kind of lofty um, view when you're when you're trying to take someone's order and you're trying to serve someone food. But ultimately, we do just want people to be themselves because we think that customers will get a better experience that way. They've got to judge the situation. How can you? How can we? create a set of rules that is going to be fit for purpose for every situation, every customer. Everyone's different, right? So you have to put trust in your people at, at, to make those decisions. Yeah. And sometimes they won't make the right ones, but that's the one out of five, five out of five kind of thing. But that's the thing at scale is you get more people that it's harder to hold your nerve on that. And man, my nerve's been tested on it many times where I've gone, oh, you know, and you really struggle with stuff. But yeah. One of my other favorite ones was um, a chap called Marcus, who's our manager in Holborn to this day. This seven-year anniversary, actually, last week, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he, there's a, a lady came into Borough where he was working and um, was visibly up, he looked upset and she noticed it. He, he noticed it and sort of said, oh, are you okay? You know, and she kind of confided in him, really, and said, no, I'm having a really tough day. I've just been with my boyfriend after like six years. Um, you know, it's been a really shit day. Uh, contemplating whether I should go and meet my friends for drinks in town, I'm not sure. And Mark's like, well, come on in. And sat down. I think he put his arm... This is her email to us, by the way. Yeah. He put his arm around me, sat me down, um, you know, chicken burger and, a, uh, and, and, and chips. And he said he... he she, he, she said he plonked a G&T in front of me straight away, had my chicken burger and chips. And then when I came to pay, he sat down next to me and said, no, no, this one's on us. Go go meet your friends in, for a drink awesome. in Central, right? Yeah. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Now... There are companies that that wouldn't that would be against the rules. Yeah, you right? get bollocks for that. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm like that's the one of the best. I mean, I I use this as an example when we're yeah. talking to new stuff about what this this thing we call old school hospitality, right? Um, and I was like, wow, oh, that's amazing. Then and don't underestimate. Again, it's the little things, right? I know Marcus like. She's, I think she even says in her email, oh, I don't know why I told him, and I'm, I do because Marcus is really friendly and really warm straight away. Yeah. And you weren't greeted by a plank of wood that says, please wait to be seated. You were greeted by a human at the door. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And all these little things are important to us. And he feels a freedom, you know, and particularly him, seven years, right? He really gets this about us. And he knows that we trust him to make those calls. So I love it. And I say to people, we probably lost 15 quid that, on that ticket, right? Yeah. But how many people do you think she's told that story? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And now you... I'm telling it and I tell it to all our staff, right? It's worth so much to us. And then here's the kicker, right? Because what's hard in our industry is... People do just come and sometimes want discount, right? And I have to tackle this a lot. I do a shift manager course, as you know, for honest. It's really important to me, those, that shift manager level. And I get it a lot from the people that are coming through that course. They're like, oh, but Phil, some people just complain because they want discount. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> nothing you can do about it. All you can do is forget, is move on. And the example I always give is that you tell them that story I just told you, and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, but what if you found out that this woman went to honest in Hammersmith next week <laughs> and said exactly the same oh, thing dear. to Alex in yeah. Hammersmith and was like oh I've just been with my boyfriend <laughs> and I don't know if to meet my friend <laughs> you know would you do the same thing you know would you know, how would you feel and you'd be like well that'd be really feel really bad and I was like yeah but would it stop you doing it again to another person and of course the answer is no it shouldn't right yeah because we're not here to get rid of dickheads in the world and some people do just want discount there's nothing we can do about it yeah, exactly. It's they not, shouldn't it's stop not. us being who we are. And there's, again, that's a one out of five. It's like, if you want this kind of approach. But I think a lot of that's trust, right? You giving yeah. the people who work on the floor say, you can do that if you want to do that. There is yes. no massive piece of red tape here. Now, that doesn't always go that way, does it? Um, what about when we've had some, well, I'm trying to, I'm thinking about when we, you know, one of the things we do at Honest, and I hope this still happens, but with our Tawaka and like giving people 
a bottle of Tuaka. Oh, uh, yeah. We and yeah, by the way, anyone who has not tried Tuaka, it is without question the single greatest shot to get you drunk on the planet. It's a 40%er. It's nice. It's, it's nice. It's like, nice, it genuinely yeah. tastes good. You've got to serve it from the freezer. Um, and it's from Brighton. And there's millions of rumors why it's from Brighton, something about monks in the 19th century, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's everywhere in Brighton. And it should be in all of De- our restaurants. It's definitely not about monks in the 19th century, but that's... Isn't it? No. Anyway, See, well, I heard that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, if you, you, the, the, you mentioned old school hospitality and how that has come, I think, the, the real DNA of that is that old school, sometimes a lot of Italian restaurants where... They do it so well. You are just made to feel like you are old pals and you go back, like, years with these people. And it might just be the first time you've ever met the person, he, but he makes you think that he knows you um, and it's incredible and that and it is it feels special and they and and the thing i love and this is, i really wrestle with this and just to be honest right here we go the podcast like the bigger we get the harder this is going to become because my message to the guys is sometimes it's appropriate for you to have a shot with them exactly this is this is now, this is the risky territory it really is risky and it terrifies me but i've say, i still say this stuff because i believe in common sense right now we had a situation a little while ago now where a member of staff was caught having a shot of whiskey at 11.30 in the restaurant, right, just before we opened. And her response was, oh, but Phil said on my induction day that it's okay for us to have shots. And I'm like, man, this, this, but this is the challenge. This is the battle, right? Now, I'm like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) Like, nah, like, you're just stupid. That's just common sense, right? Yeah. But how how big are we going to, at what point are we going to be too big for us to be able to say that message? And people, I don't, I worry. I, maybe we've already gone past it. I don't know. I definitely found myself toning that down, which I, I hope hate. Not. I hate I hope that I'm not. toning that down. I hope not. I hope that, that, like I said, common sense is the greatest skill of someone who works in a restaurant business can have. Really exactly. think common sense, how you, how you take things. I know you wouldn't have said, yeah, you can have a shot of whiskey any time of day. Go for it. Exactly, of course not. But, but you know, the, the mindset, you know, what we kind of talked about with old school hospitality and, you know, Italian restaurants, we used to do it at Riddle and Finn's at Brian. You get the limoncello out. Yeah. And, well, and, okay. and, yeah, and sometimes you just, we would just, and we would do it because we were fucking busy, but you just leave a bottle on the table and give yeah. a load of shot glasses. And you, honestly, the look on people's faces, they looked like you've just left like a hundred quid in cash on the table and they were going to grab it and run out the door. Yeah. But we do that. And they'd have a shot and then you could go over and be like, you pour them another one and then you maybe have one yourself. And Love it. it just felt really good. And, and it was good fun. It was good fun for the, the customers, good fun for people working. And that's what we tried trust. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Which trust. is complete Both trust, sides. right? It's the word. And that's the thing that gets harder the bigger you get, I think. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, I missed that. Well, I think let's probably wrap it up there and go and have a Chewbacca. <laughs> any questions or you want to get in touch please drop us a message the email is podcast at honestburgers.co.uk and then as always give us a follow on tiktok and instagram at honestburgers we really hope you've enjoyed listening and thank you for tuning in